This is the Blaze Radio On Demand. 2017 is going to be a volatile economic year. We may see politicians throughout the world attempting to control central bank policies. Several renowned financial analysts have warned that political interference in central bank policies may mean our economic misses of inflation and growth targets. Gold is an international currency that can't be issued or controlled by governments. If you don't have the only hard currency that has outlasted every politician and every failed idea of governments for centuries, you need to speak to Goldline right now and learn how easy it is to add gold to your portfolio or IRA. Now is the time to diversify your financial portfolio by adding gold. Call 1-800-913-GOLD. Buying real gold is easy and fast at Goldline. And you're going to be happy that you finally made the call. 1-800-913-4653. Goldline also offers price protection against short-term market fluctuations on qualifying purchases. So buy with confidence. Read Goldline's important risk information and find out if buying gold is right for you. Call Goldline. 1-800-913-4653. This is Pure Opelka with Michael Pelka. Only on the Blaze Radio Network. I hope I didn't say anything dumb. <laughs> my my headphones weren't quite connected. And God only knows what the microphone was picking up as we were walking into this this. Friday. Oh, you know what? It's it's a it's a weekend launch. That's right. I've been a little bit distracted for the last 15 minutes. I was watching President Clinton. I mean, not President Clinton. Delivering the commencement address at Wellesley College in Massachusetts. Hello, friends. Hello, my friends. Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network as we launch into a Memorial Day weekend. Man, oh, Manischewitz, do I have a load of things to talk about with you. And uh, an hour from right now, get a hold of your friends an hour from right now, please. I, I want you to uh, join me at least at the top of the next hour and, and hang out for that because we're going to talk to Carl Ruiz. He's also known as the Mad Cuban. He's a celebrity chef. He is one of the most entertaining people I know. And he's also what an incredible artist in the kitchen. Carl wants to talk about barbecue. He talked briefly with us last Saturday about it from the big Memphis Super Bowl of barbecues. And we're going to talk food. I told him the story about the ladies in Portland who had their uh, burrito truck basically shut down because of cultural appropriation, and he's not happy about it. He wants to talk about that. Also today, Nancy Pelosi has some words to say to President Trump, and they seem to be deaf to President Obama's uh, actions. Donald Trump said some things about North Korea. The Kushner story is big. The head of the Department of Homeland Security said something really interesting. John Kelly on the, on Fox and Friends this morning. Donnie Deutsch, one of Donald Trump's. Oh, it's going to be busy. Chris Matthews, Maxine Waters. I have two pounds of show in a one-pound bag today. I don't know if we're going to be able to get two at all. We will try. Somebody tell South Sato to come in about 3.30, maybe 4 o'clock. We just have a whole lot of show today, and then there'll be stuff left over for tomorrow morning. As, as I mentioned earlier, before we were starting the show, Hillary Clinton 
the person who still kind of believes in her head that that she was um, that she won the election. Hillary Clinton is speaking at Wellesley College in Massachusetts, a place she delivered the student graduation address in 1969 as she graduated that year. And she's returned. I'm sure this deal was struck before the election. And she said, you know, it'd be great to come back and celebrate my alma mater and deliver the graduation commencement address. So she came out and Remember, remember the campaign, the last few weeks of the campaign, the last, say, two months of the campaign, when we were very worried whether or not Hillary Clinton was healthy enough to make it all the way to the finish line. Remember the discussions about her health, the reflections on her health, the things that started after September 11th, when she crashed and burned at the memorial and had to be toted out of the memorial like a sack of potatoes and tossed in the back of the van and then driven uh, at at breakneck speeds to Chelsea's uh, apartment in Midtown where she was given fluids and then spirited away to back to uh, the, the suburbs to Chappaqua. Remember all that? And then remember the the ongoing controversy about her health in terms of the nagging cough. And we all wondered, what the heck is with the cough? What's with the cough? Well, she started the speech today, and she was about two minutes into it, and I'm going to tag this along so maybe we can can hear this together. This was Hillary Clinton to the grads at, at Wellesley just minutes ago. Congratulations to the class of 2017. Yeah, she's saying hello and congratulations to you kids. Gonna tell a little story here. Well, I, I have some of my dear friends here from my class, a green class of 1969. And I assume, or at least you can tell me later, unlike us, you actually have a class cheer. It's get kind of a joke here because nobody has a class cheer. So she's got her writers putting this together. 1969 Wellesley. <laughs> Yet another year with no class cheer. Oh, darn. But it is such an honor to join with the college and all who have come to celebrate this day with you and to recognize the amazing futures that await you. Okay, it's kind of a standard commencement speech, right? We're just like two minutes into this speech. And you figure she's ready to go. She's got teleprompters set up. This isn't just off the cuff. She's not reading it. She's delivering a teleprompter speech that's been written out and set up. And then something happens. You know, (coughs) four years ago. The minute that happened, I went, "Uh uh-oh. Uh-oh, she's got, she's got the cough. She couldn't have the cough, could she? It could just be a moment of dry throat as she came up on the, on the podium. Wait a minute, there's more. Maybe a little more or less <coughs> for some of you. So, man, I've got to get a lozenge. <coughs> there are people running in with water. There are people offering to help her unwrap 
the lozenge. And of course, this is, you know, the greatest thing that ever happens. She buys some time by hugging the woman who brought the water and coughing and trying to slug down some water up on the podium there. Thank you. I told the trustees I was sitting with after hearing Tala's speech. I didn't think I could get through it. <clears throat> so we'll blame allergy instead of emotion. <clears throat> but, you know, you So she pops a lozenge in, lozenge in her mouth, and here's the reaction. Arrived at this campus. <clears throat> I swear this woman could break wind, and this audience would applaud. Uh, it, it's just, it's amazing. She went on to to draw some parallels to the world that we were in in 1969 and going forward into the Nixon era and to this, this president and to Trump, which I thought was kind of fascinating because wasn't Hillary Clinton a young lawyer who was part of the Watergate investigation and at the time... Wasn't she thrown off of the Watergate investigation? Wasn't she asked to leave the Watergate investigation? I think that's correct. I think Hillary Clinton was one of the one of the young lawyers booted, fired from the Watergate investigation. Correct me if I'm wrong. Correct me if I'm wrong. This this has been out there for a while. I I need to make sure the Cato Institute claims she was not fired, but there are there are people who are passing it out there. So if, if that's not true, then I stand corrected. But she went on to use Watergate to slam this president. And now she's talking about uh, a full-fledged assault on the truth. Well, this lady wouldn't know the truth if it came up and gut-punched her. This lady wouldn't know the truth if it grabbed her by the collar and body slammed her like a reporter was treated in, in Bozeman, Montana, two nights ago. She just doesn't understand it. And yet this is safe territory from her. I just wonder what she's thinking, that this should have been, this should have had the presidential seal in front of the podium instead of the Wellesley College seal, because they would have put that up there. Just amazing, isn't it? Amazing. And so we're covering Hillary Clinton and giving her a, a, a full screenshot and carriage of her commencement address to her alma mater. Meanwhile, the president's overseas trying to do big business for America, trying to straighten out a few things as the world is on fire. We will get to that. But I wanted to share that with you. Hillary Clinton giving her, her alma mater's commencement address today as she stands in the same place she stood back in 1969 when she was a student and deliv delivered the student address at commencement. She really had planned on this becoming, coming here as president. Didn't happen. As I said, uh, a full plate today. A full plate today. I have uh, new, new contradictory statements from Barack Obama. We have new contradictory statements from Nancy Pelosi. We have sort of uh, progressive outrage from people like Donnie Deutsch. 
The guy who's worth several, several tens of millions of dollars, but seems to have a problem with people with money. Uh, and Chris Matthews. More stupidity from Chris Matthews. And just maybe, just maybe from stu- some stupidity from uh, Maxine Waters. It's all to make your, your Memorial Day weekend kick off with a smile. And yeah, there's a, there's a new update out of, out of England on the bomber. The Manchester Bomber. A big update out of that, and we'll get to that just around the corner next on Pure Opelka. You're listening to Pure Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. Are you worried about your mom or dad living alone in their house? Hi, I'm Joan London. Listen, I know how difficult it is to find senior care for someone you love. That's why I recommend a free service called A Place for Mom. They are the nation's largest senior living referral service. Call A Place for Mom today. To receive free information on senior living communities in your area, call A Place for Mom at 1-800-803-6951. You're listening to Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze well, Radio Network. Oh, jumping the gun. Welcome back to Pure Opelka. I must be in a big damn hurry to get out to the weekend. But we, you know what? We're here tomorrow morning, too. Six o'clock tomorrow morning, Eastern. We will be here with Pure Opelka to make sure you get a fresh radio Saturday. Now, I can't speak for Jeff Fisher, who might have recorded a show and is phoning it in. Or I can't speak for Lawrence Jones, who might have recorded a show and is phoning it in. I can't even speak for, for uh, Mr. Slater, who might be recording a show and phoning it in. But I will be here live tomorrow morning because anything could happen tonight. Anything. And so if it does, I, I want to be here for you. In the words of John Bon Jovi, I'll be there for you. I know, it's getting a little sappy in here. By the way, if you want to join the conversation, uh, 888-900-3393-888-900-3393. Um, Frank's on the phone from Pennsylvania. Frank, how are you, sir? Happy Friday. I'm good, Mike. You're a real trooper coming in on Saturday for us. Well, you um, know, I I believe in this show (laughs) and I believe this audience, uh, some of you are working. And so why, why do we, why do we give you a a tape show? No, I want you to be here live with me. I'll, I'll do my best. Tomorrow is my day off. Uh, So you're sleeping. Just tell me you're sleeping. Hmm? Sorry. I I might be still sleeping then. Uh, I'll try and get up anyway. uh, You're in answer to your question about Hillary. She was thrown off because there was a single piece of um, uh, evidence that there was only one copy of a legal document that the defense was going to present, and she knew how to get her hands on it and wanted to make it disappear, which is a pattern which followed her through, all throughout her and the, the Clintons' lives uh, as far as the, uh, her uh, legal records with the, the Rose Law Firm. Those disappeared and were found on her nightstand in the White House after they had moved back out. Like, in your face here, look what I left you. Uh, and whatever uh, their uh, attorney friend had snuck out of the 
Library of Congress in his socks. I mean, this is just this is a pattern with them. So yeah, you know, it started. That's a that, started young. that's a that's a great point. Thank you for reminding me. There are people that debate this back and forth on the internet, but now you're absolutely right. I remember that there was um, uh, the the group of lawyers that were there, and I think there was a guy named Zeifman who was involved with throwing her off the House Judiciary Committee that was looking into that, Chief Counsel Jerry Zeifman. I think I remember that. But, yeah, you know what? It sounds correct. That is a fantastic point that, yes, if she she were the person who, back in 73, were booted from some of the impeachment investigation work and research work because she was caught messing with the document— And then you had the, as you said, the Rose Law Firm, and you have the computer records, the hard drive. It all her life. Hide the evidence. Hide the evidence. Hide the evidence. That's her pattern. Wow, boy, if that doesn't tell a tale, that's fantastic. Thank. I told you guys, this is the smartest audience in radio. The people who just pay attention and keep it filed in the back of their heads. But yeah, I'm going to pull up uh, some more clips from this speech. But I need. I need a little downtime to get it because she did go after the president a little shout, bit. Did anyone shout out Ricola? No, I wish they would have. But this <laughs> this cough, this cough just won't go away. Now there there is a possibility that I understand the explanation that I know what caused it. That I I believe. See, you've heard me talk to Dr. Jorge about high fructose corn syrup. Yes. Maybe you have, maybe you have. I'm thank you for playing along. But there there's a there's an ingredient in in most of the high manufactured products, highly manufactured products, that's a sweetener called high fructose corn syrup. It's a horrible creation. It's a Franken sweetener that we've created and it's very, very cheap. It was created decades ago and I think it's wreaking havoc on America's health. It's, it does bad things to our systems, but when I take it, my body reacts by giving me a cough. And it's, it's almost along the lines of the cough she had, but it goes away pretty quickly. Since I have cut high fructose corn syrup out of my diet, guess what's happened to the cough? Poof, it's gone. And they had, I'm, There was speculation during the, uh, during the election that some of her cough was related to recovery from that mini stroke or whatever she had back before well, I kind of thought maybe it, I still I think that that mini stroke story was related yeah. to some face work she I probably want, had I don't want to I don't want to testify <laughs> well here here's my take on it I I I thought it might have been related to the some face work she had that mini stroke but in terms of the cough I suspected that it was high fructose corn syrup related because if it happens to me, why couldn't it happen to somebody else? And I happen to know and have a, a sort of a casual friendship with somebody who is in her inside circle. I know one of the people in her inner circle and I wrote an email directly to this person and she never responded. But I know she got it because other emails that I sent her to this insider on Hillary's team ended up on the WikiLeaks spill. I ended up in the WikiLeaks spill because I reached (laughs) out to this woman and she kind of made fun of me to uh, 
to Podesta and all the other guys. So I tried to actually tell her, look, it could be that she her cough is not medical, but it's a reaction to this toxic substance called high fructose corn syrup. But these people were too egomaniacal to ever even respond and too ungracious ever to say thank you for thinking of us. It was it, that's me. You know, I, I don't well, want her to be president, but I didn't want her to be, uh, you know, unhealthy. Some, some of the doctors that were uh, caught uh, accompanying her had been identified oh. as neurological specialists, people who had dealt well, with stroke. Yeah, that's true. I, I heard that rumor, too, about the glasses. Your phone's cracking up on me and I'm coming up on the on the giant wall before the bottom of the hour news. Uh, if I can get if I can get a quick clip from Hillary, I'll play it for you just around the corner. But I do have to get to Barack Obama's ironic and uh, contradictory statements from from Europe yesterday. Plus, oh, there's fun, fun, fun with Chris Matthews. We'll share it with you just around the corner on Pure Opelka. Come on back, please. You're listening to Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. Radio Network. Three o'clock today, Eastern Time. You know, when uh, the Liberty Loving Latinos sachets in here. Do not be in front of the door. Do not be in front of the door here because I am blasting out of here and I'm headed to the golfers. I'm going to be on the golf course and I'm walking the course. I plan on knocking out 18 holes, walking, not riding the cart. Why? Because relief factor. I will tell you this, uh, last year, last summer, I'd kind of given up walking the golf course and was relying on the carts because my knees were killing me, my hips were killing me, my back was killing me. But 10 weeks ago, 10 weeks and two days ago, I started taking Relief Factor. It's an all-natural anti-inflammatory. You've heard me talk about it. If you haven't, if you haven't tried the three-week quick start pack, I wonder what you're waiting for. Seriously. I started it uh, 10 weeks, 11 weeks, two days ago, and in eight days, I started feeling better. I can walk more now. I can crawl around the garden more. There's no pain. And guess what? I'm also not taking any pain relief medication, not over-the-counter, not prescription, nothing. The only thing I take every day is all-natural anti-inflammatory relief factor. Three packets, breakfast, lunch, and dinner for me. They've already got them all set up. You just take them, have your breakfast, lunch, and dinner, and then get on with it. Why haven't you tried it? 800-500-8384. That's the number. Call them, talk to them. 800-500-8384. Or go right now to relieffactor.com. Get the three-week quick start pack. Get your life back. Get active again. It's called Relief Factor. And it worked for me. 
Okay, so much going on today. I, I was talking about Hillary Clinton and how she threw some shade on, on Donald Trump by bringing up Richard Nixon's impeachment. Well, guess what? Nixon wasn't impeached. Once again, fake news from Hillary Clinton. This is a part of the speech from just about 30 minutes ago. And by the way, we were furious about the past presidential election <laughs> of a man whose presidency would eventually end in disgrace with his impeachment for obstruction of justice. Richard Nixon was not impeached. There are only two presidents to be impeached. One of them has your last name, madam. Let's not, let's not create fake news or alternative facts, she continues. the person running the investigation into him at the Department of Justice. Okay, she's right on that. Nixon fired Archibald Cox, who was the, uh, the guy heading up the investigation into Watergate. But here's what I want you to know. We got through that tumultuous time. And once again, we began to thrive as our society changed laws and open the circle of opportunity and rights wider and wider for more Americans. First of all, Watergate, Nixon, had nothing to do with rights. So nice way to try and change course there. Nice way. Nice try. Didn't work. But once again, fake news, alternative facts. And she seemed to have a problem with alternative facts, at least when she talked about Kellyanne Conway and alternative facts. Some are even denying things we see with our own eyes, like the size of crowds. <laughs> and then defending themselves by talking about, quote unquote, alternative facts says the woman who just misstated the reality around the non-impeachment of Richard Nixon. Now, Nixon might have been impeached if he hung around. Nixon might have been the guy who would have been the second president to be impeached if he decided to stand and fight, but he didn't. He got the heck out of Dodge. So Hillary Clinton's husband was the second guy to be impeached. But she, she has alternative facts in her, in her crosshairs. And she's going to try and tell these, these Wellesley grads who are totally blind to reality and the truth, totally blind, that, that uh, it was Nixon who was impeached. He was not. And nobody's pointing that out on mainstream media. Nobody, they're all fawning over it on CNN, and I'm sure MSNBC is even worse, but nobody's pointing out the fact that that did not happen. Anyway. 
I'll, I'll see if there's anything else from that speech. I want to spare you having to watch the entire speech, but I think it's important, you know, that she's got the cough back and uh, she's out there spreading more alternative facts of her own. And there's, there's so much more. But I said uh, that President Obama was, uh, was out there uh, also creating some alternative facts, if you will. Some, some untruths of his own. And yesterday the word was mendacity, some mendacious behavior. The president yesterday when he was trying to take the spotlight away from Donald Trump in the shameful display, the president was talking about something that he knows a lot about. Something that he knows an absolute ton about because he was the beneficiary of it. And uh, he talked about money and politics. And when trust in our institutions is low, we should reduce the corrosive influence of money in our politics. We should insist on the principles of transparency and ethics in public service. So here's the guy who was voted by the press, voted by the press. Even the New York Times called him the least transparent administration in, the, in, in recent memory, probably in the last hundred years. The guy who got all that money for Obama for America, which then morphed into organizing for America, which is now running rampant, just meddling, yes, meddling in campaigns anywhere it can. Barack Obama is the ultimate do as I say and not as I do guy. Here's a former president who's hollering about how we have to get rid of money in politics. Now, look, I'm a guy who says, yes, let's get all the money out of politics. But that's going to take a long time. But you can't stand up there, Mr. P Mr. Former President. Oh, that makes me smile so much to say former President Obama. Former. It feels so good. You can't stand up there and talk about transparency when you, were, you weren't transparent. You were opaque. You weren't even translucent. You can't talk about money in politics when you were the guy taking more money than just about anybody else raking it in from Wall Street and then telling those bankers, those Wall Streeters, at some point you've made enough money. You are a hypocrite, sir. And what you're saying is, is only to secure your, your standing in that European socialist audience who thinks you were Saint Obama. It, it really gripes me that this guy is out there preaching about getting the money out of politics as he's probably flew privately on a jet paid for by Organizing for America. Just wonder. I, I'd love to see the accounting on that. I, this guy has as many shady connections as the Clinton Foundation does. And now that the Clinton Global Foundation has had to close down, why? Well, the access that they promised all those people who gave all those hundreds of millions of dollars to, to Hillary and Bill's air quotes charity. Now that the access is gone, now that the influence is dried up, there's no need for the Clinton Global Initiative. So Obama has stepped in. I'm surprised he's not changing it to organizing for the world. Just to, I just want you to understand that. Let's listen to that again. This is from the guy 
that the New York Times said was the least transparent administration that they had seen in forever. And the guy who raked in hundreds of millions of dollars to get elected twice as president and then only to demonize both the lack of transparency and the gigantic amount of money in politics. When trust in our institutions is low, we should reduce the corrosive influence of money in our politics. We should insist on the principles of transparency and ethics in public service. And You are the problem, sir. You might even be patient zero in the disease of money and politics. Patient zero, the guy that started it. You can't sit there and yell that, that there's a problem when you've benefited from it for the last 10 years of your life. Michael Pelka on Pure Opelka. We'll be right back. Pure Opelka with Michael Pelka on the Blaze Radio Network. Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. It always makes me kind of scratch my head and say, what? When I watch what the mainstream media does with the news of the day, and they, they have options to cover stories. For example, the Obama statement that he made yesterday, and Obama trying to grab the spotlight from Trump as Trump was overseas, both the uh, both kind of shown up in, in the same region on two separate days, two, two days when the president was getting great attention. I just think they could have pointed that out because it's just so rude. And, and then today, uh, yesterday, uh, the, the last 36 hours, the story of a Republican congressional hopeful who 12 hours before the polls opened lost his, his mind temporarily and body slammed a reporter and he now faces an assault charge, but he ended up winning the election in Montana. And uh, they have spent endless hours talking about Gianforte's election win and what it means. What does it really mean? How does it translate? And trying to tie it to Trump, etc. We played a Pelosi clip for you yesterday. Well, she's still talking about it. She's still she's still trying to drag Donald Trump into that fight as if Trump was the guy who actually uh, pulled the reporter to the ground and then held him while Gianforte punched him. She's she's still out there talking about it in case you missed any of it. Here's here's a little snippet of uh, Nancy Pelosi. Uh, calling the uh, House GOP candidate a wannabe Trump. To see this person who wants to be the one representative into the House of Representatives from Montana be sort of a wannabe Trump, you know, use language like that, treat people harshly like that. That's his model. Donald Trump's his model. And we've really got to say, come on, behave, behave. That was outrageous. I wonder if she took the same tone 
with uh, with the the protesters. With the protesters, uh, just a couple of weeks ago, we had the protesters out in California, and you saw folks taking bicycle locks and smashing them into the heads of people, innocent people. There's one guy who was praying in Nancy Pelosi's, uh, some of her voters out there, clocked a guy, an older gentleman, in the head. Well, Greg Gianforte apologized. He apologized for what happened. He also named Nancy Pelosi when he was uh, getting the news of his victory. (laughs) Montana said Bernie Sanders and Nancy Pelosi can't call the shots here in Montana. Maybe that's why Nancy Pelosi is taking shots at Greg Gianfonte. Maybe why. Or Forte. Greg Gianforte. Sorry, Fonte. Uh, maybe that's why. Now, he, he did offer an uh, apology. He named the reporter. And I'm sure there'll be something happen in court later in, uh, I think it's June, he has a court date. And some of the Democrats and some of the people who are trying to convince the GOP not to seat the winner of an election. I wonder if they realize, are you going to go through every election winner and see if they have any kind of criminal record and suddenly start creating a threshold, which that person has to get over before they'll be allowed to serve at the will of the people. We're talking about a misdemeanor. Yeah, it was awful. Yeah, it's not how I would have reacted, and I doubt it's how any of you in this audience would have reacted. But uh, there it is. We're going to come back after the break and talk barbecue. Uh, the, the Mad Cuban is joining us today. My buddy Carl Ruiz. I, I, I need some help. I'm, I'm not above saying I need professional help, and I'm talking about barbecue help. That's one area. So uh, if, if you have thoughts... Join the conversation, 888-900-3393, We're talking barbecue with the Mad Cuban next on Pure Opelka. Pure Opelka with Michael Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. This is Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka, only on the Blaze Radio Network. Welcome back to Pure Opelka. Second hour as we get ready to kick off Memorial Day weekend. Don't forget, tomorrow morning we'll be back here at 6 a.m. live with a brand new program in case the world cracks in half. And from what I'm hearing, apparently Iceland is starting to crack in half. But we'll get to that a little bit later. Um, the, the mad Cuban will be with us in just a second, but I got to take care of Tammy from Montana who called in as we were talking about the situation with the special election that ended yesterday. The guy who ended up allegedly throwing a reporter to the ground was selected and, and a pretty convincing win for, uh, Gianfonte to, uh, to take that seat in Congress. Tammy, welcome to the show. How are you? I'm uh, doing good. 
What's on your mind? A couple of things, a lot of things. What isn't on my mind these days? (laughs) But I just wanted to make a comment on um, what happened with that reporter. In Montana, we try to pride ourselves on common sense as conservatives, conservatives exclusively almost. Anyway, and that my comment was that uh, we understand that sometimes a bully needs to be spanked hard and have a little sense knocked into him. Well, yeah, there are people that say that, that if you find a bully, you punch him in the nose and you'll straighten him out. I think we need to we need to get all sides of this and see if this was a bullying situation or if this might have been a guy who just was a little overtired and may have snapped a little bit. And he apologized think- last night. He did say it was inappropriate what he did, and, and you know, I, I take him at his word, and the crowd forgave him. So uh, I agree the, with that, but I also think that he has had enough, just like the rest of us. We've had enough. I am currently in a situation with my job. I'm living in Utopia on the Willamette in Portland, Oregon, where fairy tales exist, but reality doesn't. <laughs> we were talking about Portland. Uh, I'm, you're you're going to hear me talk to Carl Ruiz in just a minute, the Mad Cuban, uh, a great chef. We were talking about the Portland situation this morning with the two women who went to learn the yes. burritos and they got and their business effectively uh, shut that's, down. That's a similar situation with me at my job. I was accused of um, discrimination against a Mexican um, but what happened was he started saying he was attracted to cougars. They really turned him on. But mind you, there's only three women on the floor and us, <laughs> you know, having to listen to him. And um, it pissed me off. Well, so you know, I, uh, I don't understand. Back on him. Tammy, I don't understand why sexual harassment like that is permitted, but you're not. You're then brought up on on the questionable exactly. charges. But we'll get into it. that. Tammy, I I'd love it. to get into it, but I, I, Carl is cooking today, and I have, to, <laughs> I have to squeeze him in, and we have to talk about cooking. So thank you for checking in with us, and I hope yes, everything works out. Thank you for being part of the stunt. Thank you for being on the radio. <laughs> oh, you're, you're, you're most welcome. Uh, joining me now, a guy who got up early Saturday last week and was uh, – talking barbecue with us from Memphis, where he was at the, the Super Bowl of barbecuing. His name is Carl Ruiz, and you should follow him on Twitter. You should follow him on Instagram, where his, his Instagram account is Sabor Chef. And he's, he's a guy that's got a couple of restaurants. He and his wife operate restaurants in New Jersey. And you may have seen him on the Food Network, etc. But uh, he just makes me laugh, and he teaches me stuff. So uh, I... I He's laughing now, but you don't think I pay attention, do you? You you think I'm no, just you do. You're smart. You're smart. You know you know how to get the nectar. Uh, you ask me very smart questions. Well, you know, I'm trying to make sure that when I bring my barbecue game or even just my cooking game, that uh, it's it's a step above what everybody else is doing because you know we're we're now competing this way. It seems like. Neighbors all compete now to see who's going to bring the best food to the barbecue. So, Carl, what what's the easiest thing? Like, we're going over to a neighbor's on Monday. What's the easiest thing for me to make that won't take a lot of prep time that they can? I'll walk in and they go, "What the hell did you do?" 
Um, there, there's, I think with barbecue, especially when you go to other people's house, um, it's great to bring non-barbecue items um, just in case the barbecue is a complete disaster. Um, there's something, there's something else to eat. Um, you know, there's really fun stuff that you can do. Um, and very cheaply, you know, you could mix and match some stuff together. You can, uh, you know, you can buy one of those $4 roasted chickens, uh, yeah. that they sell in the supermarket. Um, the supermarkets make no money on those chickens and they're incredible. They're incredible value. So you buy one of those roasted, uh, chickens. You take them apart, you know, you take all the meat off the bone, you chop them up with a little cleaver, um, you add some fresh onions and peppers and all that, um, and then you put a little piece of aluminum foil on the on the grill with a little oil, you put that together, and you have instant fajitas, and uh, they're delicious. See, I didn't even think about that. I've always wondered, how do the grocery stores make a penny on those things? Because if you buy a raw, uncooked chicken... It's six bucks, but if they've cooked it right. for you, it's five ninety nine. How the hell does that? It makes no well, sense. Well, well it, it makes sense for them because grocery stores are no longer in the business of, of making money on everything. They're in the business of making sure that you don't go anywhere else. So, so they want you in the door, and you know they'll take a hit on the roasted chicken, but then you know they'll they'll charge you thirty dollars for the conflict free free trade uh, uh, toothpaste. <laughs> so you'll be, uh, <laughs> you know, that way you feel good about yourself. <laughs> oh, that's so, that is, you know what, it's funny because you're, you're so spot on accurate. Now, you know? uh, this morning I was talking to you and I, you, this, this audience obviously didn't hear it, but we were talking about the Portland situation and the two women who went to Mexico, studied and learned how to make burritos, and then they had a successful pop-up restaurant with their burrito recipes, and the local media learned about it, and suddenly the social justice warriors put them out of business by attacking them for cultural appropriation. And you're a guy of, of Cuban heritage, your wife's yeah. an Italian, you guys have right. an Italian restaurant. You cook all right. kinds of stuff. I know you're a barbecue guy. Where do the chefs stand on cultural appropriation of recipes? Well, the, our, our, the first place where we stand as chefs is we work 14 hours a day, so we don't really have a lot of time to, uh, to, to, for these fake issues. You know, this is from, you know, people that are in Occupy Mom's Basement movement. You know what I mean? So they have a lot of time. <laughs> to be outraged about stuff. We're, we're making food for people, you know? So, you know, at the end of the day, you know, I trained in France and in New York, um, giant melting pots of culinary creativity. And, and we, we look as, at the world as a whole, you know, we're very global when we look at ingredients and, and we don't have those hangups, you know? Um, I believe, you know, like my, my son, my son's 11 years old. And uh, I think one of the reasons that he is so cultured and tolerant is because of foods from around the globe. You know, the first time he ate curry, uh, he didn't even know what to make of it. But it opened a conversation with me and my son about where it comes from, who makes it and, and how to make it and what is Fun Creek and cumin and all these sort of stuff in curry. And when he when he met another Indian boy at 11 years old, they had something immediately to talk about. And it really 
it, it, it smoothed out the differences with them, and they found a common, uh, a common goal. And they, they talked about it and they made them friends, you know. So I have the complete opposite view on that. I think they, uh, you know, those girls in Portland, uh, if I can give them any advice, is they should have opened it in Montana. <laughs> that's a, that's a, it's a good point and maybe they will who knows i would have told them just change the damn name and don't tell anybody because you know as you know people will find good food if if right. somebody's making a, a really good meal or a good house specialty the the world will will literally beat a path to your door and what what are you sure. making today because i know you were in the kitchen early working on some kind of crab sauce yeah, we got about 150 pounds of crab, and we're making an old Sicilian-style crab sauce that goes over fresh pasta. Uh, we sell about, uh, we'll sell this weekend about 100 gallons worth. Wow. So, wow. yeah, it's a, big, it's a big undertaking. You know, we're in New Jersey. So, you know, people here, you know, uh, we eat uh, we, very heartily. You know, you never know when you're going to be under indictment. So you always want to eat as much as you want here in northern Jersey. <laughs> yeah. You know, there there's an entire wing in the prison in New Jersey just for former government officials, too. So oh my I, God. I, I counted, Mike, I counted one day in my restaurant three people with anklets, uh, probation <laughs> anklets on at once. <laughs> Carl, that's called federal jewelry. <laughs> oh, I loved it. I loved it. It was messing with our Wi-Fi. <laughs> I, you know what else? It's probably got your your restaurant on a watch list somewhere in Colorado. There are the, those old ladies who are monitoring all the people with the ankle, the federal jewelry, and they're going. There's three of them. There's three of them at this address in Chatham, New Jersey. We need to send an agent there. So you, oh you, you might be on a watch. So it, it's uh, Marie's Italian Specialties, the one in in Chatham, right? In Chatham, New Jersey, yeah, and that's where I'm going to be all weekend. And it's a, it's a small little place, but we make our own cheese, we make our own sausage. Um, you know, we try not to hurt the Italian culture by doing it. My Lord, so what a crazy world we live in. You make your own cheese? We make our own fresh cheese, yeah. I mean, uh, it's, uh, it's the only way to do it. You know, it's the way that we get the texture that we want. Um, and it's great quality control. You know, fresh mozzarella is... is you know, in this part of the country is, is, uh, is a staple, you know, they'll yeah, know if it's real or fake right away. If you don't get it right. Cause I've, I've gone to Arthur Avenue in the Bronx in New York and watched those guys make the fresh mozzarella. And you see their, their, from their forearms down is, is red. The skin is just red. Cause it's been in that hot water for decades, right. but that right. cheese is it's to die for. Now, right. now I got to wonder yeah, a lot of those guys in Arthur Avenue, um, you know, they're they're still burning their hands. They're not thinking it through. I mean, we, we use a sous vide machine now uh, to regulate the water temperature, and uh, that way we're not we're not putting our hands in scalding water. You know, we figured it out. We use modern techniques to do old food, and it works. Well, if I'm if I'm uh, I got to get up to Chatham from Delaware because first of all, you got those tomahawk steaks for me, and I <laughs> I got well, I talked to I talked to the guy that makes them. And he said, I'll just give him a day lead and you'll have him whenever you want. So Good. You're, don't Good. worry I'll about do that. Now, if I'm making if I'm making like a, a rack of ribs or something today and I want to everybody's saying you got to rub it with something. What's the best thing to rub on the meat? 
in order to season it before you put it on that grill or that real slow cook smoker? So, so rubs are funny, right? Um, a lot of people, they lose before they even start with rubs. Um, there's a place uh, in Austin, Texas called uh, Franklin uh, Barbecue. Okay, it's legendary. They they have a two day line there, and <laughs> their brisket is legendary. And one day I was talking to the guy, and I said, uh, "What's your rub?" He looks at me, and goes, "Salt." <laughs> and so so you have to understand, rubs are great, right? But rubs are so complex because they're full of brown sugar. Um, a little tip here: if you're going to do a rub, make sure you buy new brown sugar. Because if the old brown, if you use old brown sugar or brown sugar that's devoid of moisture, the rest of the rub won't stick to the brown sugar and it'll cake off the ribs and you've gone nowhere. So mm. in, invest in $2 and buy new brown sugar every time you make a rub. That's um, a good idea. Yeah, we, so, we do. You see a lot of tricks. You know, you, you, you know I, I know people that keep their uh, rubs in giant humidors for cigars. <laughs> you know what I mean? Keep it nice and moist. That's, that's but, fantastic. Um, yeah, but just use sp- basic things, salt, pepper, paprika, garlic powder, onion powder. That's it, all of them. So well, that's I, your starting point. That's your base. So that's easy. Right. Salt, pepper, garlic powder, and paprika. Simple rubs, and then expand to taste, I guess, is the, the advice right. you would give us, I, I think. And the way you test them, and the way you test them, Mike, is you know, don't test it on a $30 rib. You know, if you have a toaster and some white bread, you toast a little bread. On the bread, you put a little bit of mustard. I mean, a little bit of mustard, a little bit of butter. Sprinkle the rub on there and then taste that piece of bread so you get an idea of where you're going to be with your barbecue. I love that. Test the rub in the toaster on a piece of buttered bread. Carl Ruiz, the Mad Cuban, the guy you can hear him on Sirius XM, on Roland's Food Court, and a lot of times on Opie Radio with our buddy Greg Opie Hughes. Uh, I hope you'll come back because I just think your, your, your stuff is fantastic. And frankly, um, I, I love talking to you. But come well, back I, again. I love, if you I love talking. Thank you very Thank much. Thank you, sir. I really appreciate it. Have Bye. a great weekend. And if you're in the, the Northeast, Marie's. Italian Specialties in Chatham, New Jersey. You can find them on uh, mariesdeli.com, mariesdeli.com, and we'll be right back after the break. You're listening to Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. Listening to Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. There's a lot of folks who are pinging me going, how close is Carl's restaurant? Well, first of all, it's Carl and his wife Marie's restaurant. And it's about an hour and 30 minute drive from where where I am right now. But that's not going to stop me. We'll check in with uh, Carl. I hope he comes back regularly because you guys like food. He would love to do a Q&A where people could could ask questions and he'll answer them. And I think I think food brings, as he mentioned, food brings all of us together. And speaking of food, do you know a food diva? 
Do you anybody know a food diva? You know somebody who says, uh, "Yeah, well, uh, we're, we'll be happy to come over for dinner, but um, but uh, you know I'm lactose intolerant, and uh, I also I also uh, I I can't eat um, any fish that's white or chicken or mushrooms or um, no dairy, no butter except you, you know maybe goat cheese." Um, and, and of course I, I don't eat any game or I don't eat any, uh, yogurt or broccoli or cauliflower. I'm lactose intolerant. Uh, um, and if you have a cat, I can't come either. I'm also allergic to wool and cashmere and uh, down feathers and g- gabardine and flowers. Can you imagine if you invited somebody over and, and that's the list they gave you? Can you imagine? Uh, the, the woman who made her big fame behind the NBC series, Will and Grace is, is named Deborah Messing. And apparently, you know, I, I gave her a hard time before because she's a little bit of a snowflake, a little bit of one of the hashtag activists out there, but she's been invited to, uh, be honored by a magazine and be on the cover of this, this great magazine, a big event in in New York. And they, they asked her to be on the cover of Hot Living, H-A-U-T-E, Hot Living. Sounds like a real upper crusty magazine, right? And uh, they said, well, come on, come on to the party. We'll throw a party in your honor and, and show you the cover. And it's at this trendy Soho restaurant in New York called Mamo. And she sent them a note saying, I would be happy to be there but I have uh, some food allergies. And in all caps, she wrote all white fish, chicken, mushrooms, gluten, dairy, butter. Deborah does not eat game, beans, yogurt, broccoli, cauliflower. She's lactose intolerant. She can't have cheese or milk, only coconut milk. Additional allergies, allergic to wool, cats, cashmere, down feathers, gabardine. The only flower she's not allergic to is orchids. So I hope they feed her a bunch of breaded and deep fat fried orchids. I wonder where they're going to get gluten-free breadcrumbs to coat it. Why even show up? It's craziness, right? Come on back. We've got, we've got more to talk about. Just this silly story. You're listening to Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. On the Blaze Radio Network. Welcome back to Pure Opelka. We're looking at uh, just the overview of the news today. And in the story about the Manchester bombing, there are a couple different updates. And I'm, I'm kind of surprised that some of the reporting that's being done by outlets like CNN, who are, are actually taking this statement from a non-governmental operation out of Libya and going with it. They're running with it. It's from the group that caught Abedi's brother in Libya. 
And it's a, they're a militia group. They're not really a formal government operation. But they, this, this group is saying that Abedi spoke to his brother, the bomber, just 15 minutes before the blast. I just don't, I don't know if that's uh, really wise to run with that information. If it's coming from a militia group, it's kind of like taking information from a militia here and then and running with it as if it were a verified news source. I, I wonder how the British intelligence feels about that. Speaking of British intelligence, they are telling us now there are a total of 10 people who have been arrested in the in the bombing. And they are folks uh, gathered in the raids that they did on the, the house in Manchester, the apartment in Manchester, where they found what appears to be makings of a second bomb. And they believe the second bomb may be at another location. And that's why the elevated terror alert in England. They also looked at a, a property in Merseyside and a barber shop in Manchester was raided as well. But 10 people taken into custody. There was a couple who were released. Now, when you think about this, when you think about the the, the city of Manchester, which is fairly, fairly diverse in terms of cultures, as, as we're told. Uh, we hear that, that there is a substantial Muslim population in Mersey, or in uh, Manchester, and that they were worried that this, this man became radicalized recently after he traveled overseas and maybe he got some bomb training. And uh, you wonder about the, the cultures melding together. And it seems to be that when you have these these enclaves that that come together in a city, instead of becoming more more integrated into the community, they actually seem to build their own their own philosophical walls and create more of a problem than they actually do taking on the spirit of the community that was there before. And I guess that's kind of natural, but it's here that it's worrisome. And I'll tell you why. There's a guy I follow on YouTube called Ami Horowitz. And he spends time in America talking to people about uh, issues just like this, about multiculturalism and uh, the melting pot, which has now become uh, less of a melting pot and more of, as I said, these are like different sectors, different different walled-off areas. For example, in London, we know there are no go zones. There are parts of London, affectionately known as Londinistan, and they are Muslim enclaves where people like me are not welcomed, and women, without, uh, without a burqa or, or a headscarf, they're certainly not welcome and likely to be harassed. But could that exist here in America? Could there be places here in America where Sharia law would be preferred over American law? Well, you, you don't have to go very far. Horowitz visited sections of, uh, of a part of Minneapolis, Minnesota, and talked to people in that town, people who sound like average Americans. They happen to be Muslim, and some of them, when asked if they would prefer the American law to Sharia law, gave really surprising answers. Many of these people are university students as well. So it's not like these are people who are locked up 
and uh, kept in a basement for years either. Listen to just some of the people answering the questions from Mr. Horowitz about Sharia law versus American law. Feel more comfortable living under American law, or do you feel more comfortable living under uh, Sharia law? Uh, Sharia law. I'm a Muslim. I prefer Sharia law. Sharia law, yes. You prefer uh, Sharia law over American law? Of course, yeah. Of course, yeah. And do you find most of your friends uh, say feel the same way? Yeah, of course. If you're Muslim, yeah. Sharia law, it says if you steal something, they cut off your hand. So basically, they can leave their doors, their stores, doors open. Nobody's going to steal anything because the Sharia is so tight. Usually, they, they don't do anything. The smallest things usually have big consequences. So this is a young man who's saying, and he's got his backpack on his, on his back. He's getting ready to go to school. He's saying that Sharia law makes it so that the stores don't have to lock their doors because if... If you steal something, you're going to get your hand cut off. And then we go into the Sharia law thinking, and this is, again, this is in Minnesota. This isn't on the streets of Somalia. This is in Minnesota. And these are folks who are here trying to take advantage of the freedoms we have without becoming or believing in everything that America is. And forgive me, but if you're going to come to America and going to take advantage of everything that's here in America, I want you to become an American. I want you to follow the American laws. I don't want you to pledge allegiance to another, another set of laws. And they, they might be thinking that this is great, that you could leave your doors open. But the other aspects of Sharia, like if you steal a candy bar, we're going to cut your hand off. I'm sorry, that's barbaric. And then you get into the case of, of being able to tell children when they can get married or force kids to marry who you want. This is a woman in the same neighborhood. His daughter marry somebody. Yeah, he can. Yeah, he can. He has the authority, you know? The authority to do that. Yeah, to do that. Yeah. So here, how young do you think it's okay? Uh, yeah, 15. How do you feel when, when this whole controversy with the Prophet Muhammad and people depicting the Prophet in cartoons, how does the whole thing make you feel? That really pisses me off, you know what I mean? Because it's, I mean, they know it's a button to push. Aleph makes me angry. And it's just that everyone gets like the big freedom and then they don't see that they're, they're the freedom that they're getting is causing a problem. Now it's casting hatred for other people. So these folks are supporting the violence against people who would draw or depict the Prophet Muhammad. These are people who would also support children being forced to marry someone because a parent wants them to marry someone. These are people on the streets and in the schools in Minnesota. These are university students. This is, this is a scary reality for me. I see it in, I see it in, uh, in, in England and we see it in the 15 attacks in the last three years all around the globe, the real bad, deadly attacks. And these are people who aren't, who aren't melting in the melting pot. They are choosing instead to have a, a separate pot in a separate category, but they want all the rights, they want all the privileges, they want all the benefits, all the welfare of America without being Americans. And it's a problem.
And it's a problem, and I will tell you that John Kelly, the head of DHS, John Kelly, a guy who is in charge of of making sure that our transportation hubs run well, the Department of Homeland Security and the TSA and all that, make sure that we're safe, that we make sure all that travel is okay and smooth. Well, John Kelly appeared this morning, this very morning on Fox and Friends, and he talked about his job. And when we come back, uh, I want to play for you John Kelly's statement that scared the hell out of me. And frankly, it should scare the hell out of you. And I'll share it with you next on Pure Opelka. You're listening to Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. Welcome back. You know, I got so wrapped up in my uh, my update on the British report and the the uh, Sharia law survey that just really ticked me off. I I wanted to uh, I forgot completely about Mark in Maryland, who's on the phone. Mark, I hope you'll forgive me, but welcome to the Friday off the rails edition of Pure Opelka. How are you, sir? Oh, hanging in there, Mike, as best I can do. Well, that's, just, that's good. Yeah, when, when it, just remember this. When it comes to the barbecue, when it yeah. comes to the grill, fear not the magical thrill. You must allow yourself to experiment and go at it full force. But one thing you got to remember don't burn down the house. Well, I, that's always good advice. Don't don't burn down the house. Do you think I'm grilling in the house? No, I'm at least out in the backyard, Mark. Yeah, but I mean, when you're out in the backyard, things can get out of hand, and all of a sudden the lawn catches up, and the side of the house goes up. <laughs> I've seen some of my neighbors do those things. You know what I've and, seen? And that, the guys who deep fat fry the turkeys forget oh. that you you can't put a frozen turkey in hot oil. It will create a, basically a flamethrower situation. So yeah, that's. But I'm pretty good. But the Cuban, the Cubans got me going uh, old school. He wants me to go back to the the Weber charcoal grill and learn how to manage the heat. And I'll I'll admit I got kind of spoiled by the propane. But he's bringing me back to. Uh, Old school, like uh, slow cooking on on the grill. So I'm working on it. Oh yeah, especially if you got one of those Weber's with the side flips, so yeah. you can add additional charcoal with the tongs, so you you don't burn yourself. Yeah, it keeps it going. And, uh, you used to have to take the you used to have to take the grill the the grid off, and that was a pain. But yeah, they they fixed it. They figured it out, and so he's he's got me working on it. I've got a ways to go, but we'll get there. But, you know, yeah. it's, I, I want everybody, to, it's like you said, just get out there and try. The best tip he's given me, he's given me two really good tips. 
Room temperature on the meat, when you cook it, just put it out and let it get up to room temperature. It really does work. And this, this testing of the rubs by putting it on a piece of uh, white bread with butter and then and letting it toast so you can taste what you're rubbing into the meat, it's, it's genius. And it's so simple that uh, this is why I love the guy. This is why he's such a great guy. I'll tell you what, uh, that is the way. And my dad always taught me about letting the steak sit out. Yeah, it, letting it works steak great. Letting rest. Let well, Mar Mark, rest. yeah, and let them rest after you take them off the grill. That's right. The juices will come right back into them. And it's, oh, now, now I got to go out and get some good steaks for tonight. Mark, thank you for calling. Have a great Memorial Day weekend. I got to get to this clip I promised everybody. Uh, I am, I, I was watching Fox and Friends this morning and John Kelly was on. He's the, uh, the head of the Department of Homeland Security. And they're talking about everything. Uh, you know, they're talking about the, the situation with air travel, that we're looking at changing some of the rules on, on how we allow people to board planes carrying different kinds of technology. And um, he brought up a point that I think threw everybody for a loop on the Fox and Friends uh, set this morning. And it I, I didn't fully grasp it until I listened to it again in the replay. This was John Kelly this morning. Uh, first, uh, it's everywhere. It's constant. Um, we've had four major terrorist attacks in a week on, in four different places, obviously Manchester, um, uh, Egypt, uh, Philippines, and Indonesia by the same, generally the same groups. It's uh, nonstop. The good news is for us uh, in America, we have amazing people protecting us every day. DHS, obviously, FBI. Uh, fighting the uh, the away game is DOD, Department of Defense, uh, CIA, NSA, working with these incredible allies we have in Europe and around the world. Uh, but it can happen almost here anytime. Uh, I was telling Steve on the way in here, if if he knew what I know about terrorism, he'd never leave the house uh, really? in the morning. Yeah. But the good news is, again, we're the finest men and women in uniform, out of uniform. Uh, police officers, local law enforcement, New York City cops uh, protecting us. Thank goodness. Do you know when the Department of Homeland Security chief says that I told Steve Ducey as we're coming into the studio, if you knew what I knew, you'd, you'd never leave home? That's not exactly what I needed to hear. And I think when John Kelly said that, he realized it and tried to kind of back it a little bit, tried to walk it back way in here if if he knew what i know about terrorism he'd never leave the house uh, really? in the morning yeah but the good news is again we're the finest men and women in uniform out of uniform uh police officers local law enforcement new york city cops uh protecting us thank goodness yeah i think he was trying to walk that back just a little bit still gives you pause doesn't it at least it does me michael pelka i'm piero pelka just around the corner uh, next hour you know, do we have time to get to Maxine Waters? We have Chris Matthews saying dumb things, Donnie Deutsch saying dumb things. Uh, there might be a whole bunch of dumb things. I'd like to reach out and get a Memorial Day update from our friend Ernesto. Yes, I think we'll do that next hour, too. Michael Pelka on Puro Pelka. Come on back. Opelka. With Michael Pelka. 
on the Blaze Radio Network.